You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vaughn. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Sometimes my companions claim that I worry and question too much. However, while I wonder about my stature as the hero, there is one thing that I have never questioned. The ultimate good of our quest. The deepness must be destroyed. I have seen it, and I have felt it. The name we give it is too weak a word, I think. Yes, it is a deep and unfathomable, but is also terrible. Many do not realize that it is sentient, but I have sensed its mind, such that it is the few times I have confronted it directly. It is a thing of destruction, madness, and corruption. It would destroy this world, not out of spite, but out of animosity, but simply because this is what it does. Now, this is chapter 27. Yes. The actual 27. Ooh, the epigraphs, the epigraphs, the epigraphs. Mm-hmm. So we, I want to talk about those really quick. Go for it. So the one in the previous episode, we learned that the terrorist prophecy, you know, at least through some of the terrorists, they believe that it needs to be a full-blooded terrorist that is going to fulfill it. And that seems to be the reason why they hate the current Lord Ruler. And the thing here that I'm trying to figure out is maybe is that the reason why he ended up falling? Does it actually have something to do with the terrorists themselves? Well, clearly he has some beef with the terrorist people, um, given how he treats them, just like he has beef with the Ska. Maybe even worse, because it sounds like he's actually hunting them. Yeah. Well, that one was kind of interesting. At least gives us a little bit of insight into maybe where we can see the animosity between the terrorist people and the Lord Ruler in this sense. But 28th Deepness, whatever it is, it's sentient? Well, it sounds like it's, it's something that's just like tearing through everything. And he says, I feel it's sentient. I felt something. There must be something specific that he, some interaction that uh, he's had that actually explains yeah, that. But it, it is a thing of destruction, madness, and corruption. It would destroy this world not out of spite or out of animosity, but simply that is what it does. Ooh, okay. I'm kind of curious. I need to know mm. more about the deepness. All right. So chapter 27. We get into this, and the execution supposedly lasts for hours. And if at the pace that Brandon was writing things, four, two sentences said, another four. Wow, how many people did they execute if it lasted for hours? And this is like a hodgepodge of people, because they weren't even relevant. They were just there for show. Yep. So... The crew returns back to Club's shop and they decide that they're going to discuss how the plan's going to continue. And the new plan kind of divulges from let's take Luthadel to we just need to shatter the final empire. We don't need to beat anyone directly. We just need to put it into such disarray that every noble house, or at least every big noble house, thinks they can rule. And if that happens, they will all split and they'll just fight amongst themselves. And the whole goal at that point becomes, let's not take the take the city and try to hold it. Let's try to just shatter this and, you know. Essentially, there no longer be an empire. There'd be a bunch of 
dominances and rebellion, essentially. So, not a bad idea. They're, they're kind of shifting it originally. I guess that is one way to bring down the final empire. But I don't think it's in the same way that they set out from the beginning, at least. Uh, good shift. But in order to do this, they need to destroy the major houses, the big houses. And Venture's on that list. And Vin, once again, is like, Hey, no, 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 not all noble people are bad. I just want to remind you. And she starts to think that maybe Ellen himself could be used to bring down House Venture. In the sense that he seems to be quite displeased with how things are going and how they're acting in general. He's already disruptive himself. Yep. And so <clears throat> this talk is going on for a little while and Sazed finally shows up and just lets everyone know, hey, by the way, you know, what are we going to do with this army? Because they can't hide in Lord Renew's warehouses for much longer. We need to get them back in the city. And Kelsier's like, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to pull them. We're going to start sneaking them back into the city. And you're going to break them up. Really smart idea. You're going to break them up into groups of 100. And then you're going to tell every group that they're the only people being kept. Because for an emergency. But the rest of the army has been disbanded for now. And then you're going to keep them all separated. That way, if any of them get found, they can't rat out where anyone else is. Good idea. Very good idea. Makes a lot of sense. Seems like it'd be a lot of logistics going into that. Yep. So they're going to gather all the supplies over and some more soldiers over the next couple of months. And it is time. They got word from Marsh. Marsh is in town. And Marsh finally has some juicy secrets to spill on the ministry. And so Vin and Kelsier suit up and get ready to go meet him for the first time since he's been shipped out as an obligator occult. So Vin and Kelsier go out looking and waiting for Marsh. And Vin asks the question that we're kind of all thinking, some something we've discussed in the past couple of chapters up to this point anyway. Is this 11th medal even real? And she straight up just asks Kelsier, like, you're keeping something from me. I don't know what it is. Is this 11th medal even real? And Kelsier has that moment where he just speaks the truth. He goes, it is. It took me a while to find it. It is, but I have no clue how to use it. And Finn's like, that makes a lot of sense because if you were sure, you would have burned it already and tried to figure out what's going to go on. But you're not sure and you don't want to die prematurely in case it's a hoax. <clears throat> well, he makes sense. He says, you know, burning metals that are not allomantically you know accurate or if they were just um the wrong set it's even worse than that pewter drag that wiped her out for so long yeah and yeah he's yeah it's that's the minimal thing that's the thing you're lucky if you're lucky you're gonna feel worse than the the 14 day hangover from pewter drag essentially but the thing here is she she's finally happy that she sees that kelsier's not as sure of himself which oddly is comforting in this sense because we were shifting from everyone thinking that he's way too confident and that he's kind of getting this almost like God complex to now evincing the real Kelsier, which it's kind of good every once in a while to see the the person who seems way too confident crack a little bit just to be reminded that it isn't all fake in a show necessarily, that they are, you know, human, essentially. So she kind of pushes it a little bit and goes, you know, I can feel the Lord Ruler through my copper, you know, when I was running from the Inquisitors in the rain that night, they found me. They shouldn't have been able to do that. And Kelsier's like, bah. Bah humbug. 
there's so many different ways you can find him and then yeah you uh, could have been spotted just by them looking at you you could have not been as clever as you thought like and also the you know there uh you think that the lord ruler could do that mm -hmm. and so you feel it it's just the way it is kelsier does not seem receptive to changing his mind on some of these things but well vin realizing she's not getting anywhere goes all right i'm gonna try to bait kelsier even more Hey, uh, Caesar was kind of telling me about Furukimi. He didn't tell me much about it, and he tries. She tries to get Kelsier to answer the question, and he opens up. Just Caesar would be disappointed. Just unloads all about Furukimi. <laughs> yeah, Caesar would be very unhappy right now. Um, but he unloads everything. Right, he mentions that Furukimi you can store altitude uh, attributes like strength, endurance, eyesight. He's like, you can store some different things here, too. You can store, like, memory, physical speed, clarity of thought, which is interesting. So, like, kind of what ATM does, apparently mm -hmm. they can store that as well. And then he goes, you can even do some weird things, like store age and weight. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can store age and weight? Whoa. Pharaoh Kimmy is so interesting. And, so interesting. And so Finn was like, oh, so it's more powerful. Oh, no, no, no. Kelsier's. Kelsier is not going to say alchemy is more powerful, but he's going to say everything has its downsides, like Brandon's so good at writing. Mm -hmm. Everything has its downsides, you know? An Alamancer, as long as they have metal, can act at any time. You know, a ferrochemist is not creating anything new. They're just storing energy, essentially. They're just storing... They're putting it away for things. later. Yeah, so, like, in order for them to be strong as three men, they have to be weak for a very for long time. For three times the amount of time. Yeah, and... He goes, so, I don't know. And then, of course, he hands over and he picks up a, a ball of ATM, a bead of ATM, and just goes, and we have this. Like, I don't understand how a ferrochemist, no matter how strong they are, could beat a Mistborn who could see exactly what they're about to do. And that's the whole point, is that he's saying that the, uh, their Alamancy, you have access to everything, but ferrochemy, you have no, basically no upper limit, but you have to pay for it. So, from my understanding, right... A ferrochemist has access to all of these things. They can do all these things as long as they have access to the metal. But in Alamancy, we have mistings, right? So would you argue that in this case, then, the average ferrochemist is stronger than the average misting, but not maybe not as strong as a Mistborn? Yeah. Don't know. We haven't seen it in action yet. Right, but right. that seems to be what Kelsier is claiming. He goes, I'm not going to claim that Alamancy is more powerful than ferrochemy. They ha both have their advantages and disadvantages. So interesting we get to see even more about what Seize could do which is so cool one thing that he mentions here which i think is huge too right pewter you're limited right i'm i'm when i'm eating when i'm using pewter i'm we're just going to give a number for sake here i'm three times as strong as a normal man when i'm using pewter well a ferrochemist he can store up you know enough strength to be two times as strong for an hour or three times as strong for less time, or four times as strong, or five times, or six, or seven, or eight, or nine, or ten, and it can just go infinitely. It's just you're going to be using that energy up quicker. Right. And so that is something that's super interesting. You know, it, it, oh, man, I just love, I love Farrakimi so much. And we'll talk about it more down the road. But so, yeah, there are just a bunch of trade offs here, you know. So, Vin, at this point, after learning all this, goes, okay, that's really cool and everything. And, since you're in such a generous mood, you haven't taught me the last medal. And, and Kelsier's like, I lost track of that. Kelsier's like, oh, uh, yeah. <coughs> um, I kind of don't want you to use it because you're not going to like it. And she's like, okay. And he goes, you're going to use it. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Gold. 
gold is the last metal here that she's going to try. And he goes, fine, here. And he shaves off some gold pieces from, like, a boxing and just goes, I warned you, you're not going to like it, but here you go. And she takes it, and she tries it, and oh boy, she, like, trips out. (laughs) Essentially, she sees shadows that are very similar to ATM shadows, but they're of herself. She sees two of them. She sees this, basically what she used to be, this, like, ska girl who was a beggar and who was afraid of everything and just overall kind of wretched and then she sees this version of her that is just a beautiful like almost like a noble lady going to like bald she's gowned up she has perfect makeup she fills out her dress and that lasts for a little while she reaches out and she can touch them both and then it ends and she falls down into like the fetal position essentially or kind of like huddling up with her legs against her chest and it just feels awful and Kelsier's like yeah it's not great. My old master used to tell me that essentially where ATM shadows are going to see what you're going to do, gold lets you see shadows of what you could have been if things had turned out different. So ATM sees in the future, gold sees into the past. Yeah. That's interesting, though. It showed her two sides. It showed her both the Vin we saw, but a worse version, and the Lady Valette we see now, uh, I guess, like, in her ultimate form. Indeed. Um, interesting that if that's true that both of those options were you know and she could interact with them like she was or not interact with them she was able to touch them the thing though that i'm trying to say that's kind of interesting about it is the fact that this is kind of this could be you know brent like i don't want to say brandon's way of confirming but this is our way as 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 readers and viewers and listeners and everything that this could this basically confirmed it like if without kelsier she would have been nothing and it's only would have gotten worse and without the crew and kelsier again she could have fallen way too far into this Lady Valette, this Lady Valette persona she's been cultivating up to this point. It's really been the crew that's kind of kept her grounded in the center of what she is now, mm-hmm. both the Ska Thief and the Noble Woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So with that, they decide after that is done, they are ready to meet Marsh, and they go to visit him. And he has the tattoos now. And Vin's like, oh my god, you got the tattoos? He's like, yeah, I had them put on before I even arrived because that would kind of be weird to not have those as an alkalite. And he's distinguished. He goes, I think, you know, they really like Seekers. They really like Seekers. And so they latched onto him immediately because he was a Seeker. And he and goes, he's part of the Canton of Inquisition. The Canton of Inquisition. Yep. So he's on the highest order. I mean, with the Inquisitors, essentially. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 serving the Inquisitors, or at least in that area. And the thing that's, he's going for the throat because, like, when we heard last time we saw Marsh, he was like, "I'm gonna hit them where it hurts." And basically, he's now he's just this big overachiever that everyone's looking into. Yeah, but the big reveal we get is, why are the Ska so docile here? You know, the ones in the plantation, even though they were scared, go back to the prologue. Even though they were scared, Menace was like, "Well, we're forced to do this. We got to do it now." And they did it. They 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 went out into the mist and they went to the caves and they, they essentially joined the rebellion. They weren't given a choice, but they weren't. I mean, they were afraid, but they weren't going to not do it. We've seen the Scott and Lufidel. They seem to be so beaten down that they would rather die than fight back. And that's kind of that's that's not a, like that's a weird, right? What we learn right here, they have soothing stations. The Ministry has soothers and soothing stations spread throughout the same way that Ska have thieving crews and these jo- the job of these guys are just literally to dampen all the emotions of the ska and keep them in an oppressive state 
And that's just one of the best world building things. Oh my god. <laughs> Nineteen Big Brother. Like <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So that makes a lot of sense. And even Kelsker's like, that makes so much sense. Cause we're gonna get, you know, we're gonna get mention of this but like later down the road a little bit, and then you know, it's been in the past too, but Kelsker has multiple times have said, like, the ska are courageous people. Like, you know, they are. But they're, they're extra beaten down in the city. Yeah, why are they so down? I've seen what it looks like. It's just the city seems so down on these people. That's why. And they said that because they're just trying to like flatten them all, all together, you can't notice it because they're not flattening one specific thing. Yep. It's everyone. And so that kind of makes me wonder, here's something like, obviously I don't think this is true, but when you think of the Lord ruler, right. And his influence and how it spreads, look at how Vin helped Kelsey riot everyone's emotions to try to keep them up. Is this maybe how the Lord Ruler spreads his influence so far? Is it because maybe he's pushing out and dampening, but then he has these stations set up all over the place that are kind of extending that influence? But it, it, it's just it's just a great little piece of world building. Yeah, and the last bit last bit of information we get dropped here is essentially that the Lord Prelin leads the church, and the Inquisition does not like that. They want to be in charge. And right. that's the big information that... Outside of the soothing things that uh, Marsh has to spread. And, and also they're not immortal. Yeah. Oh, and the Inquisitors are, to his understanding, normal people being made into that monster. So that's where we're left. So, again, this is a super... It, it seems so obvious when you think about it, but yeah, a I mean, super interesting piece of world building. Yeah, I mean, almost as obvious as a segue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Those are so awful. <laughs> But please, if you're enjoying this, share this with your friends, you know, give us a follow, you know, give us a rating, you know, if you can, if your your system lets it or wherever you're listening allows it, leave us a comment. We'll read it. We'll try to improve on our stuff. We are it's very much appreciative of all the support we've been given so far. It's totally free and it helps us out so much. <laughs> so anyway, um, so the, the soothing stations were so, so cool because, you know, you that means that they must have a smoker. Almost certainly. No, it, Marsh and mentions they always have a smoker with them. They always have smokers, and then like they just have these soothers, and they're just sitting there, just doing it all day and all night, and keeping all these people in check. Marsh claims they're as good or even better than Breeze because this is their entire life. This is the only thing they do. And so it makes sense that like why one why the ska would be you know the way they are, but like it just makes total sense that this is like a total Lord Ruler move, like to be getting Alamancers together and saying, okay, I'm going to put you guys over here and all you're going to do is make sure that these people stay in check by just keeping them soothed yeah dang yeah no it is that was very surprising to hear because it just makes so much sense right and this is something you know that brandon's so good at everyone when y'all are if y'all are new listeners y'all are listening and following along this is the first book and you're, you decide to take that journey with us something that brandon sanderson's so good at and i think max mentioned it before is a lot of the times the little tidbits that he puts out there, they aren't just throw away. They come back round. And in this case, we just kept being told all the time that the Ska and Luthadel are so beaten down and we just had the assumption that they've just been whipped into submission. No, the human like in this case, the Ska spirit isn't broken like we th- we think it isn't broken like we think it is purposely being suppressed. And the funny thing is, it's like we're reading back on all this is like 
you look at the plantation skull and they talk about how there's like frequent beatings and how they do all this stuff, you know, whatever. But you don't really hear about that in the city. Like you they, do. They don't need it. They don't need it. And that's what I'm saying. It's like you, you do see like, oh, yeah, they'll do public, you know, executions and stuff like that. But there's not like people all the around 24 seven, like taking people out in the street and trying to do like it was. And it makes now like a lot of sense why that would be the case. It also kind of supports this theory I had when I was reading. It was like, what made the the crew leader Skaz, you know, what made the crews different? And I had this idea of like, not all of them had mistings, but uh, some of them maybe had mistings and stuff like that. And so this idea of um, the people who started it seemed to be these more powerful people. What if a lot of these crews and stuff that started these that are started by some of these people who who make copper shields, who burn copper? And so they're they're more immune to these effects at times. And so they're, they're the ones who are more ambitious, right? They're the people who go out more. I mean, that could make a lot of sense. Uh, and I mean, that these are like just like you said, little details that come up uh, mm-hmm. and get in, that, that are going to be sprinkled out even through the next several books. But going back to talking about the plan um they're talking about how that now they have to pressure the great houses like the garrison's gone they're probably going to be gone for like a set period of time and now they need to really start ramping things up they need to get financial pressure mm-hmm. on the it's on the uh great houses and this is one of the other things i love about this kind of story is because like they're taking the fight to them but they're not working they're not fighting them like you know blood and hitting violence it's like it's through financing you know um and Breeze is now going to go set up with his team. He's instead of doing recruitment for a military, he's taking his team and going in and starting to stoke these things with the other houses, uh, starting to ramp up suspicion and all that kind of stuff. Um, and Ven is now going to get set in and start and start feeding fake information into the uh, into the balls so that people think that there's things going on that they don't know about. And this is one of those things that it's funny that it gets set up in the heist book or the heist in Brandon's lectures. Actually, he said uh, for writing, he's like, you know, there's this high story of like, oh, we do this, we do this, so we do this, and then we, uh, and then bad thing happens, bad thing happens, a bad thing happens, so we change the plan, mm-hmm. and then there's where we do A B C D for to do D E F G, and they're like, oh, well, we could actually use Plan A to work with plans E, and we can yeah. use Plan C to go with Plan E or F, you know. And that's what we're seeing. And that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah. Like, okay, army, army's gone. Well, guess what? Now we're going to take our soothing people, and they're going to go out, and they're going to start, you know, ramping up the stuff with the noble noble houses. And uh, we're starting to see like the flexibility of the team now. Um, which is neat. Like, this is just the beginning because, you know, we had to see the other foot drop and now we're seeing like this impossible thing. Everyone else would have thought, oh, we lost the army and the plan is over. And I we're mean, seeing. That's what I thought. <laughs> it, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, the other thing we talk about, we get more on. I mean, obviously, the big, the big, like, lore thing here was dropped was about Farrakami. Um, mm hmm. And like the power that goes with that, and now it makes perfect sense why Sazed was never someone that they worried about being in danger. No, I mean when you can have the strength of three men almost on on a whim, right? If it's stored, right? If it's stored, which I would assume, especially with the way Sazed acts, right? He wouldn't tap that energy unless he was in real danger, which means he should always theoretically have a store of it ready to go. Well, and it's you can see like he when he's you know wearing the glasses, he's like he's storing up sight. So he he has a good idea of the metal mines, um, and how to how to utilize them. Another thing we get is the reinforcement of the 
the metals you burn ha have to be as allomantically uh, pure as you can possibly get. And that's mm -hmm. why he says you should get a file so that you can at least test your metals. You know, most mm -hmm. of the time you get it. And then we get this idea of gold where you can see a version of your past self. I don't see how that's helpful. Maybe um, for some soul, soul searching. <laughs> well, it, 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 the thing is, is that it's more than just a vision because Ven does if, if Ven like is shook after this happens, mm. and it's more than just oh, I saw a picture of myself, or I saw a hallucination, or I was able yeah. to touch an old person. I touched it. It's not even that. It's she feels something in her soul, like yeah. there's this like dissociation. Yep. That and that's why he's like, yeah, burning gold is not is not a small thing, um, and I think we've kind of seen that with the other metals a little bit. I mean, so somewhat. I mean, at least with the like mental metals, there's more to them than just oh, you do this thing. Like, yeah. there is something that kind of like affects you under you know in an underlying way. Like we we talk about ATM. ATM's like, oh, you see the 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 what the person's gonna do. But it affects you even more in the sense that you, they notice your mind is acting in a different way. Like it's able to anticipate and be able to allow you to um, respond to all the information that's coming to you. That's more, you know, that, that's more than just, yeah. oh, I see a little bit of your future. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, you know, Brandon is usually one, typically not someone who's going to just drop something and just let it go. You yeah. know, it's going to be interesting to see how that could play out and potentially be useful or whatever. Um, but we also find out that Kelsier basically hasn't burned the 11th medal. It sounds like. No, no. He's like you said, he's kind of nervous. He's feeling it out. Or like, I guess like how Vin said, because she, she makes that connection. The minute he admits to that, he, she's like, that makes complete sense. Right. Like he's not as sure as he normally is because we know the Kelsier who's confident acts and normally acts without thinking. He's really pondering this 11th medal. And he's at least, at least we could be prop or we could be sure that he, if he did burn it, it probably didn't grant him godlike powers or something. It probably did something weird. I don't know because he even said like, you know, he doesn't have to take the whole thing. He could take shavings and see how it goes. Yeah. We don't even know if he's taken shavings though. He has, well, it sounds he like he didn't, he I mean, hasn't, yeah, he hasn't given any information yet. Maybe, Maybe that was Brandon's way of hinting at it. Maybe he's going to take shavings in the future here. We're going to see. But at this point, we know nothing about it. Uh, but we do, at least we can suspect or like infer or, you know, assume that uh, Kelsier is telling the truth when he says, I do, this legend is real. I did find this 11th medal. It does exist. I'm just not quite certain how it works. Yeah, Vin Vin was confident that Kelsier wasn't lying when he says he believes in the legends of the the eleventh medal, and so I guess another thing here is I want to kind of talk about is the ministry. Up to this point, the ministry we've been painting them as like bureaucrats and stuff like that. The Inquisitors obviously very dangerous, but we've right. been painting them like bureaucrats and everything. And even Marsh says exactly what I was thinking. Oh God, they are so much more competent than we thought they are not just a bureaucratic organization we've they, got the, they're a big brother the 20 they, we have nsa ministry yeah cia like, ministry fbi ministry yeah they are soothing everyone and the thing here that we've learned at least that i've been seeing with the great houses and the, the ministry and everything you need to be competent on stop on and you need to be competent to be on top and it, being on top is what makes you safe and we're going to see in this next chapter what happens to the great houses that are not competent and that can't hang? 
Hey guys, it's Matt. Thanks for listening to the Autos Podcast. You'll start seeing regularly scheduled episodes starting November 14, 2022. If you'd like to follow us, please consider subscribing. We're a small project, so please support us with likes and comments because that's what the algorithms crave. If you're listening to the YouTube channel, please hit the notification bell. And if you really want to give us a boost, consider supporting us on Patreon so we can give Vaughn a better mic.